0: Hello there and welcome to Bringing Out Their Best, the podcast for teachers of dance, drama and music. My name is Sarah Marshall from Performing Arts PD. Each week I will bring you a snippet of research or an interview with another performing arts educator to energise and inspire you for your working week. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the Darug people, the traditional custodians of the land on which I live and work. I pay my respects to their elders, past and present. We work in an age where our students are more often fixated on their phones than on the faces of their friends. Our students no longer pick up the phone and call their friends. More often communication is done via text and often in group chats presentation of self is stylized and edited then placed on platforms where others can see the image of the presenter as they would like it to appear and without the imperfections of reality in everyday existence these communication trends are translating into challenges for performing art spaces students whose attention is habitually split between a phone and whatever else they are doing find it harder to get into flow and to remain mindful and present for classes and performances. But that isn't what today's article is about. This is an article written by a tertiary acting teacher who needed to retrain her students in human interaction before the acting process could even begin. She observed that her students found it difficult to look at one another and painful to talk to one another, and despite their constant interaction with others via their phone, they struggled with intimacy and empathy. She laughingly comments they didn't even know how to flirt. (laughs) The incessant bombardment of social media had crippled her students who felt they were being judged constantly and found that they equated any mistake with failure. Samuel Beckett famously wrote, Ever tried, ever failed, no matter. Try again, fail again, fail better. So her first step to turn this around was to make the studio space a laboratory, a laboratory in which there were lots of experiments and mistakes were just a part of the learning process. A shout of hooray was yelled when someone made a mistake. One of the things that disturbed her most was her students' inability to make eye contact with a scene partner often describing the experience as physically painful and traumatising when pushed to do it for some. Using social science research, she adopted a different approach and began with regular eye contact sessions of short duration, then incrementally increased these over time. This meant that they were able to maintain eye contact now in scene work, but what really surprised her was that the class began to describe themselves as feeling safer, more relaxed, and happier in her classes. She then used the improvisation game by Viola Spolin, freeze tag, and changed it to three-word freeze tag, in which each student can only use three words at a time. This increased the group's active listening and encouraged the group to work together to solve the problem, as well as embedding concepts such as characters think before they speak. Characters do not know what is going to happen next and so cannot anticipate. Characters should struggle, just as we do, with finding the best way to say something. Characters listen carefully to the other people in the scene. Silence is eloquent. Another character's line will tell you what to do. Verbs are an essential part of story. Watching people think on stage is interesting, and every word in a line conveys information about character. Finally, she looked at how she was presenting to the class. She looked at her own inherent biases Deciding that she wanted to foster creativity and individuality in her performers who were bombarded by curated images and anxiety, she needed to become more relaxed and neutral in her teaching approach. She found some neuroscience that spoke about larger parts of the brain becoming activated by different parts of the body. For example, the face and hands take up much more space than the back and legs. She found that by relaxing the lips and tongue, which cause large brain stimulation, that she experienced the following. Removal of this stimulation leaves the teacher free to focus on other things, one's breathing, the student's acting work, or even one's own prejudices. I find that if I relax my own tongue, I become a more aware and relaxed teacher. So this is how one acting educator was able to make changes to her practice to accommodate the changes in her students. I wonder if any of you have had similar experiences. I look forward to hearing about them in the chat below. Finally, I'd like to share some exciting news with you. Our course, Managing Performance Anxiety for Student Wellbeing, has become accredited PD by NESA. So, if you're a performing arts teacher in New South Wales looking for some accredited PD hours that are relevant to your performance space, take a look. My name is Sarah Marshall. Thanks for listening today. I hope you have a fantastic week bringing out their best.